You ready for this deal, Jimbo? Hey, you know I'm always ready, Cody. Old stories like long lost friends Rodeos and late night bends History before our time Round pens and pasture rides Cowboys of the Osage Howdy everybody, welcome to another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage podcast brought to you by the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum located in historic downtown Pahuska, Oklahoma. Hey, it's old Cody over here and as always, I got my old partner with me, Mr. Rodeo Historian himself, Mr. Jimbo Snively. Hey Jimbo, good morning, good to see you. Who do we have today? Hey Cody boy, it's just another great day in Osage, man. Cody, we got one of the great bulldoggers of the 1960s. Mr. Don Huddleston, uh, you know, Don was eight times NFR qualifier. He bulldogged at Dallas, Los Angeles, and Oklahoma City at the finals. And get this, Cody, he set NFR arena records at all three of those places. And that's when this bulldogging was actually bulldogging. I mean, yeah, and they had horns head with them with a major animal. Right, right. <laughs> I saw some old video of some of these guys, some of these steers would, uh, literally lift their head up and pick their right. feet up off the ground and just walk away with them. Right. So, right. It's back there when, uh, when men were men yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Back when they bucked, as they said. Oh yeah. yeah. But anyway, so we're just real proud to have Don with us today and, uh, Don, welcome to the Cowboys, of the Osage podcast. Thank you. Thank you for calling. It's our pleasure. Don, where'd you grow up at? Well, I grew up about 25 miles from here at Sardis, Oklahoma. And uh, I've I lived there until I got married and uh, uh, bought this place here we live on. That place you live on, where is that? Where is that at, Don? That's exactly. five miles west of Tallahanna on 63. That's important information to know because they got a big steer wrestling jackpot they've had for I don't even know how many years. How many years have you been having your steer wrestling jackpot there? Well, we'll, we'll have it the 50th year this year. Oh, wow. It's a big one. Well, that's yeah. got to be one of the oldest continuously held uh, bulldog and jackpots in the country, or I would have to think. Yeah, that's a, that's the oldest for Oklahoma. Well, you and know, I don't know of any more that they've had it that long. Yeah, I bet. I'd always run into. Uh, we lit. We used to live there in McAllister, Jimbo, yeah. and uh, I'd always run into uh, Jimmy Powers on his way home from that jackpot. For some reason, every single year in McAllister, <laughs> from the Huddleston jackpot. It was just a strange coincidence. Right. Like four years in a row, we'd run into each other, whether it was at the gas station or an eating place or wherever it was. We'd both be at the same place on his way home from the from the Huddleston jackpot up there. Right. Huh. Well, Don, how did you get interested in rodeo or steer wrestling in particular? Well, I I got interested in uh, in rodeoing uh, out of uh, chopping corn, cotton. My dad was a farmer. He never had even seen a rodeo at that time. 
And uh, I went to see one at Bowie, Texas. And uh, I talked to some of the bulldoggers down there, like uh, James Bynum and Todd Watley and some of those guys. And they kind of interested me in bulldogging. But I didn't bulldog for several years in. That was when I was about eight or nine, ten years old. And when I uh, got about 14 or 15, I, I, uh, I decided that I'd start bulldogging. I was trying to ride bulls then and uh, was doing a pretty good job. First, first RCA rodeo I went to was in Long Grove, Texas. And uh, I won the bull bull riding there, so I went from there to to uh, bulldogging by accident. Keith Freeman entered supposed to enter me at the Queen, Arkansas, and he entered me in the bull bull riding and the bulldogging. So I done them both. But, wow! Uh, what finally cured cured you of the uh, bull riding? Well. I just, I, 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 bull, I, I bull ride off and on for three or four years, but uh, I, I got to weigh in 200 and that, that was my, when I'd get off or didn't get off on my feet, my body would hurt when it hit the ground. So I decided I'd just bulldog. I think that was a wise decision. You know, Todd Watley was a big guy and, and he bull, bulldogged and Road bulls both, but that's not a very common uh, combination, really. Bulldoggers are always pretty husky, big guys, you know, and, and uh, bull riders aren't always so much. But I'd say you made the good decision there, Don. You know, I I uh, I rodeoed for 37 years and went to several rodeos in thir 37 years, but I never as much as broke a finger bulldogging and, and uh i heard a knee playing basketball and caught uh, in uh, high school and i finally had to have that operated on that's the only thing i ever had that hurt me and it it just it, it would hurt or ache when i'd bulldog yeah so i quit well, that's surprising, but, though. That bulldogging is a pretty rough sport, you know, and, and been a lot of people hurt and, and several people killed bulldogging, you know, over the years. What was yeah. the size of those steers you guys were bulldogging when you first cracked out, Don? Well, uh, I went to uh, uh, Salinas, California one time, and Nathan Haley went with me, and, and uh, he was talking about running them big steers and I went around there and looked at them. Todd Watley wagered Harley May a hundred dollars that he could pick ten out of that bunch it would average a thousand pound a piece. And did. I helped him weigh them out. Wow. Were so, they hard well, runners or were they just old sorry, worn out thousand pound no, bulldogs? They was fresh cattle. They never had been thrown it. Oh, 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 oh. Well, that long score, I bet that was a wild event. Don't you know, Cody? Wow, yep. the heck did you even come out of that deal without an injury? That's the wildest thousand pounds. Well, I went, 
I let the steer handle me for about two seconds, and then I got him. What was a good time back then? Out there? Yes, sir. Uh, a good time was anything under 10. And I, I think I was 6'6 six, six on my last steer to win the average. That's well, getting it, it out it, there. Yeah. What year would that have been, Tom? That was 1960. 1960. That's the first year you made the finals, is that right? Uh, yes. You didn't go the first one, did you? No, I went, uh, I had some boys mounted the first. I was, uh, when I even heard about there's going to be a finals, I was in New York City, Madison Square Garden, and uh, I, at that time I was in the top, probably top 15. Right. I come home and stayed. And when I now they announced that who who made the finals, I wasn't in it. So I was sixteenth that time. Yeah. So that that's the reason I like that one. Yeah. Huh. I saw where you placed your first big win in the average was at eight Oklahoma in nineteen fifty five. Talk about eight Oklahoma, the rodeo for people that don't know. That was a, a big rodeo back then, wasn't it, Don? It was. People around here, they would, they would wait all year to get to go to the rodeo that that year, and they'd take a, a truck and haul a bunch of people over to Ada to see that rodeo. They'd go over there that afternoon, come back that night, and it's about 130 miles from here. Yeah, so it, it was a different situation then. And I've always, I'd never went now, obviously, but I'd always heard a lot about the Ada Rodeo and it, it was one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one in Oklahoma. You know, you said you had a bulldogging team. Uh-oh, we lost him. Sorry. That's all right. It's just some of them technical difficulties. Trying to link up down in Tallahanna, Oklahoma is a lot like trying to link up with the International Space Station, Jimbo. It might be. We didn't even know they had there we go got it sorry right. i got that's a call right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right no problem don you mentioned you had a, a team of horses you mounted some guys at the first nfr in uh dallas texas 1959 how do how did you haul your team of horses around back then how did you guys get around or did you haul a team? Did you just haul a, a bulldog and horse and hire? We went in hire a car. The first year I went to rodeo and I bought a 59 Pontiac, a wide track. And that's what I pulled trailer with. I pulled the inline trailer with two horses. And uh, we'd go, we, I pulled team horses back to New York that year. And uh, it's Cow Palace, I went the longest trail I ever went to a rodeo was from New York City to San Francisco, California. And that was thir about 3,300 miles. Wow. Uh, and uh, the highways, they didn't have the interstates like they have now, did they? Or or did they? No. We, we, uh, we, uh, we drove to 
nearly into Chicago before we ever hit a four-lane highway. And then we took a four-lane highway from there into New York. Who was traveling with you but, then, Don? You remember? Hi. Who was traveling with you then? Tater Decker and uh, uh, Jim Painter. And Ed George was going a little with him back then. But we, we wasn't, at that time, we wasn't really rodeoing full time. We would go to the good rodeos. Right. Jimbo, I used to uh, clean Jim Painter's stalls in high school growing up. Really? Uh-huh. He told me a lot of good rodeo stories. I heard a lot about him. Never met him. I can't repeat any of them on that right. podcast. Right. Family right. friendly and all, but. Right. You know, uh, Madison Square Garden, what was it like? Uh, Madison Square Garden was like going to a year worth of rodeos. Uh, you know, you went out there. We, we drove in there, and the 38th day we drove out coming home. It was thirty something days. They they would have that rodeo like they would hit on Broadway. As long as it went good, they just had another performance to it. Well, was it paid out on an average, or did you guys run it a day money every single day? How did they do that? No, they every time you'd make a go round, you know, when everybody run their first steer, they'd pay they'd pay that. Uh, go around out and they and when i went back there they had eight go rounds and use use bulldogging just every day or two so, uh, how many guys would you mount out there yeah well i wouldn't i didn't have every i think i had four guys riding out there but uh uh Tater Decker was with me, and he was my hazer, and I let him haze most of them. And we just worked it out that way. We went, we took uh, one of his horses, one of mine, and my car and trailer. Where'd you keep your horses when you got there? Well, they have a big underground deal run right under the old gardens and uh they they signed your stall for every horse you brought and you'd go you'd you'd put you go down and take your horse down there you wouldn't ever take him out but just go to to the arena and exercise him or whatever you was doing but uh it was you rode him very little and the horses got pretty anxious to run But, how big a uh, how big arena was that, Don? Back there, what would you compare it to? Oh, it's compared to uh, Oklahoma City Fairground Arena. Yeah, maybe a little, but uh, the setting was like seventeen thousand, and I don't remember ever going out there that that thing wasn't full people to watch rodeo but of course you know they didn't even see a horse back there there's people come up there as, as we was unloading on the main street 
by the gardens. They'd, they'd, uh, they'd come up to, up there, and there was something to see for them to see us back a, a horse out of the trailer. Yeah, I can imagine. What'd you guys do on your downtime out there, New York City? All those cowboys. All right. What all those cowboys do on their? What everybody do on their downtime out there in New York City, Don? Well, the I I got a job of modeling H bar C cowboy suits uh and they that paid pretty good you, you know 50 bucks an hour back then that was good money but anyway everybody didn't everybody work anything they just went and went to the rodeo and done whatever they wanted to do during the day and but they had a rodeo afternoon and night so you didn't have much time to do anything else. Did you stay in that Belvedere? I, I, I didn't I mean stayed to Belvedere. Yeah, Belvedere. I've heard a lot of stories yeah, about that place. Yeah, Belvedere. Uh, yeah, that's where everybody congregated and went over their run and and uh, talked about their do's and don'ts there. Yeah. I, uh they probably had a big bar in there too, didn't they? Oh yeah, they had a big, uh, big place to you could sit and drink. And uh, might have been a card game or two around there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Probably. Just ever take it was a card game going. What kind it of was, cards did most of them play? Pitch. Well. Yeah, probably most of them pitched, but most of them, a lot of them just played regular cards like they do in Vegas. No. Uh, you talked about those horses, Don, furnishing horses and stuff. What, uh, if somebody with a team, what would they generally, what percentage would they generally get of the winnings? They'd get 25% for Hayes and Horse and Bull Over Homes. Most generally, I made more money with my horses than I did myself. Right. But it was, it was, it was good to have a team of horses in case you didn't win. Then what did you have to pay the Hayes if you won? Uh, you pay an eighth. Eighth, okay. And you paid for bulldogging horse. Right, right. That's a fourth for for the for the total amount of money. Yeah, those guys out there in Vegas with those big go rounds, a good team out there make pretty good money. Well, the horses make the horses that make out there more than the bulldogs would and some of them would win over a hundred thousand. Right. But it right. was a lot it was a lot different when I rodeoed. Uh if you made ten thousand you just knocked a home run. Oh yeah. But it's 
hardly you have to be at a real, real good rodeo to make ten thousand. I made more the... money jackpots than I did at a rodeo at a time. Really? Yeah. Speaking about jackpots, back in uh, 1977, old C.R. Boucher, he put on a jackpot here in Tahuska, Oklahoma, and uh, it was Texas versus Oklahoma, and you were on the Oklahoma team. Do you remember anything yeah. about that jackpot? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I, I, was, I was there. I, I, I broke a barrier on one of mine. It helped us beat, get beat. So, that looked like a pretty wild day. Yeah. Was that the it only one wild, of those? But it was a good day. It was a good day. We It, it was kind of a day, you know, where you'd go to uh, a horse that you had in the race and you was real interested in, and they just run together till right up there at the finish line. That's the way we did in Texas. But then, you know, they had the good bulldoggers and, more of them than we did to pick from. So, was that the only one of those they did, or were, did they have a whole series of those Texas versus Oklahoma? Don? That's the only one that we, that I know of that they had up there. Uh, they had picked jackpots that they'd kind of divide them out and say, "Well, we're going to beat." Oklahoma this time, but that's the only time I remember them beating us. They said there was a was a twenty five foot running head start that day. Something I think it was about. I think it was about a twenty or twenty five foot. It was it was lengthy barrier. What about? Bulldogging at places like Cheyenne, where you get some real speed going, was it always the long barrier like it is now? It was. It's lo it's longer than it is now. Back when I went there, the shortest barrier I run against in Cheyenne was thirty foot. It's twenty now. Yeah, I think they just recently yeah, changed it yeah. from thirty to twenty. Yeah. I wonder why they why they do that, Don? Do you know why they shortened it? Uh. I don't know, uh, Cheyenne and Salinas and Tucson and a lot of them back then, back when they started those rodeos, uh, if they hadn't took that barrier out there, they had horses that wouldn't stand in the box and they'd run through the barrier. So they finally just, I mean, run by the cattle. So mm -hmm. finally they put up a barrier and taxed the uh, guy that was managing the horse and uh and and they didn't they, back then they didn't know they didn't know what is uh putting it against uh uh riders or bulldogs or putting it against steers they just knew that they had to get the cattle out in the arena where they could bulldog so that was that was back in the homer Pettigrew days and and uh, of course he was tough as nails on them on them big rodeos like that he still holds a record for Cody for the most world's championship six for a bulldogger and he won four of them in a row Pettigrew yeah, yeah. 
Were they were they out of New Mexico? Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. Who were some of the other top bulldoggers back in that day, Don, beside yourself? Uh well, let me see. Back in my days. Yeah. You know, back when when I rodeoed, uh you didn't just go and rodeo and then count the money at the end of the deal. People that wanted to be a pro, uh, champion, they'd they would go lay some uh, air airplane and and uh, go to uh, uh, them rodeos and they they wanted to be a champion. And I I rodeoed for thirty seven years. I never thought about being a champion until I was getting ready to quit. wasn't worth it because right. you either made money or you won a championship if you if you if you won a championship that you you didn't have time to save money or manage money you right. just had to go right did you have a did you have an airplane don yeah i had uh, i rodeoed in an airplane the last all the last 15 years, I guess I rodeoed. You've liked yourself. My own plane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got any good airplane stories you can share with us? Well, I can tell you a bunch of them, but <laughs> sometimes it wasn't good to hear. <laughs> we don't mind. I had a, I started out in a, in a, 182 Cessna 182, and that's about 165 mile an hour airplane. And uh, I went to, uh, I'd go and make one over the fourth of July, I'd make eight rodeos where I just only make two in a car. But I got somebody to take my horses and meet me at certain rodeos, the better rodeos, and then I made arrangements to some places I'd go and they'd have horses there that uh, that I sold them and I kept a free seat on them and I'd ride them but uh, when I when I went to fly an airplane was wasn't long until I run for office and, I, and that cut me out a lot uh, do you have any? Do you ever have any close calls or not put enough gas in that booger? <laughs> you know, I I went into Denver one year, and uh, about oh fifteen minutes before I got to the Denver airport, my plane went to struggling on that one tank, so I switched to the other, and I run about just a few few minutes with it and it went struggling so i had to and it was nine o'clock in the morning it was dark as um, nine o'clock at night and it was dark as pitch and i had to find a place to set down so i i i just called denver airport and they 
uh, guided me to a, a airport just east of theirs and there's a little place and I, I had uh, two passengers with me and I landed there and uh, and the, the passengers I got in there and they they was I noticed they was white as a sheet and their eyes was big I said what's the matter well what do you think about somebody being in an airplane and are you being in there and somebody running out of gas? I said, well, I knew, I know that they had set it down, but I've, I've had that. And I, one time I got in a storm is about Woodward coming back from Denver. And, uh, I had to set it down in a pasture. I was just, it's just so rough. I couldn't, couldn't handle it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had about as many, uh, approaches to accidents as, as any pilot that drove that flew 15,000 hours. And that's how many hours I've got. Quite a few. That's quite a few, isn't it, Jimbo? Would be for me. One would be enough for me. I, I, I was in uh uh what's the name of that rodeo in no in fourth July in Wyoming. Uh, Cody? North. Cody, Cody Wyoming. Yes, sir. Yeah. I I I went to Cody and uh I got in there that night and I was up the next morning in the in uh no, I was, I was up that night after the rodeo, and a bulldog, and I went and got me a room to stay all night. And I was, I was, uh, I was going to, uh, uh, I was going to stay there, and then I was going to Belfast, and, and uh, some of them rodeos over there, and. I, somebody went to rapping on the door and I got up and it was uh, uh, Tough uh, what's Tough Cooper's dad's name? Roy. Roy. It was Roy and he said uh, No, no. It's, it's Roy Cooper. Yes, sir. And, uh, and I he he wanted to know what I what which direction I was going. I said, Well, I'm going to Bell Foods. So you need a ride? He said, We're up at at uh uh in North Dakota. I forget the name of the town. Anyway, I said uh I said, When you gotta be up this afternoon? And that was seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, I said, uh, well, you've got to fly out there. You can't drive that before. And he said, well, that's what I come to see you. I just wondered if you'd take us up there. And it was him and Barry Burke and and uh, another guy. So I loaded them up and I uh, flew that direction. And uh, so I finally got a hold of uh, uh the 
FAA and and I asked them what the nearest uh, airport was to that town, and they said, "Well, there's not one less than thirty miles." And uh, I said, uh, "Well, I've got some people here that's up this afternoon in the rodeo, and and I'm flying them to it." I said, uh, "What's the closest place I can land?" And they told me it's thirty miles. So I said, uh, well, I want to make a deal with you. And they said, what's that? I said, I want you to call ahead of me and get a hold of the sheriff's department and have them to block off the road that goes by that arena as close as you can get. And uh, I said, I'll just land there. I'll just let them out there. And uh, he called back and he said, he said, I've got you fixed up. So I come in, I just come straight in and I know them people thought I was crashing or something. It was, it was a whole stand full of people. And I come in and landed and taxied up to the ticket office. They got out and I turned around and took off. And uh, I had a lot of people that was already there that rodeo was asking me how come me to uh, have to land there. And I told them what I had Cooper and Barry Burke and someone else with me. I had three people with me. But that was kind of unusual. I never did. I, I, I made a deal with the law enforcement people so I wouldn't have that the problem with. So, I thought you were part of the rodeo entertainment. I've had a few Sounds like that JW. Right, right. <laughs> Don, did you ever bulldog over there at Pendleton? Yep. Yes, sir. I, I bulldogged one year there and I didn't have to go back because I didn't like it. <laughs> what was it like? What was it like? It's, what on grass. it's on grass and it started raining at daylight the morning I was up and I was up at seven o'clock in the morning. In, on my steer. Uh-huh. And it was just like getting behind the boat and skiing, going across that arena just on that wet grass, just slick as glass. So I, yeah, I can explain the rest of it. And I I, I was nine something on that steer. Well, I didn't even come close to placing. And uh, when I come up on my next steer, I missed him out there in front. On so purpose, I or... no, I, I tried to that's hard ground, yeah, yeah, that ground hard, yeah. So you can get a high rate of speed going, yeah, right there. In that I mean, I think maybe he just didn't get off. I, didn't, I knew he didn't go hit the ground on purpose, yeah. yeah. That's a long old ways back over there to Pendleton, too. Oh man, long ways from yeah. here. I wonder why yeah, there's so many good bulldoggers from your part of Oklahoma. Is there something in the water down there, Don? How many good bulldoggers? I said, I wonder why there's so many good bulldoggers from your part of the world, you know, from Shakota well, all the way through Tallahanna. Yeah, back when uh, when me and uh, a lot of us was bulldogging, you know, Todd Watley, he was a, kind of the front runner for Eastern Oklahoma. He, he won a championship, you know, one year and 
and he he hauled a team of horses. He made good money rodeoing, and uh, uh, all of us all of us tried to make it that way, make money a rodeo and didn't have to work some for somebody else. So I think that was kind of, and we could, back then everybody looked at, there wasn't that many buildings around, but everybody wanted to, would look at how we had to practice and that's where they'd come to to practice. I, I built a arena here purposely to, for, guys didn't have arena to come practice here to practice and I, I built it in 1970 so you can imagine how many people i'd have 20 or 30 people nearly every weekend here practicing and we'd we'd run them until 12 o'clock at night so. huddleston name there's a few bulldoggers with that name, how was Ricky Huddleston related to you, Don? He was my nephew. He was my twin brother's boy. So he 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 learned how to bulldog right down here in my arena. Well, that guy could bulldog good, right? Real good. Yeah, yeah. You had some rodeo schools or some bulldogging schools, haven't you, Don? Over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I've had several here. Yeah. Uh, I had one and had to, had it down to Tallahanna Roundup Club Arena. But uh, it wasn't too, it wasn't a good place to have a school because if it rained, that arena down there stayed muddy for a week. And my arena out here, you can, it can rain come a two inch rain one day and you can bulldog the next day. How'd you train them to bulldog? What's the process? You used to show them boys. Yeah, I uh, I would start out with them, uh, showing them how to get a hold of a steer when they got to him. The main thing was getting them to catch cattle right. So I'd I'd have I'd, I'd have them to back in there and I'd hold a steer, have two or three guys hold a steer, and lead a horse by and show them and in slow motion, how to catch, catch a stair to get your feet in the ground where you could handle them. And, uh, and then I'd, uh, I would, uh, get after I got them catching cattle, then I'd let them run them. I'd pick out the slow cattle that, that they could catch easy without them setting up or anything and start them out that way. I'd, I'd, I've started a lot of bulldoggers right down here. And that's another reason me and Todd Wadley and uh, Roy finally got his arena going up there. And he, he trained a lot of them up there. You talking about Roy Duball? Yeah. Well, that's another name right there. Oh, the yeah. Jimbo. Oh, mm -hmm. Only the Duvalls. Dakota. Dakota and Tallahanna, they're right there head to head though with Bulldoggers. There's a lot of good Bulldoggers come from both both little towns right there right. in Eastern. But just like up in this country, you know, so many steer ropers. Just funny how certain areas uh, it's a concentration of one event or the other. Oh yeah. And why it works that way. You mentioned uh, James Bynum there earlier, Don. He was a, 
when I was a little kid, that was the guy that I wanted to watch if he was on TV or whatever. Who's that? James Bynum. Oh, James Bynum. Yeah. yeah. He threw a lot of fast cattle, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, he was one of the toughest guys during my time. Yeah. Uh, the toughest person during my time was, uh, old, uh, Harry, Harry Chargers. Harry Chargers. So he was, he was, he had weigh about 300 pounds and was six foot and seven inches tall. And he'd just pick up them big cattle and just slam them against the ground. And you just couldn't hardly beat him. But of course, he couldn't make very many of them. That was, that was the only thing we, the rest of the rodeos that, was divided up among us people that was just normal size. Right. He roped calves pretty good too, didn't he? Roped calves pretty good. He he won all around, Cody, I think, one year. No kidding. During the sixty big hair. He didn't last too long, did he, Don? I mean he didn't rodeo uh -huh. too long, did he? No. He was he is too old when he started. I see. But he is just he just wanted to win him a championship. I heard after that. And he, he just rodeoed normal and and won a championship, but and everybody could throw them big cattle like that, like he could. Right, right. Were you ever and around? He, uh, go ahead. He went, to, he went to the first national finals at Dallas, and you know he he won a bunch of money that year, nineteen fifty nine. Were you ever around Alan Keller much? Did your careers overlap a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I I was rodeo I went out to Salt Lake City and was rodeoing out there and, and uh uh he came to me and wanted to wanted to he, he rode my horse there and he asked me if he could travel a little while with me. And I said, Well, let me see how many I've got. If I've got room, I will. So his dad was with him, and his dad come to me and he said, "If you'll take him, I'll. Uh, if he owes you anything, I'll pay it." I said, "All right." I said, "If he'll bulldog like I want him to," he said, "He won't owe me nothing." So I took him and hauled him all that year, and he won won quite a bit, and uh, and after that, while well, he got. He, he thought he ought to get him a set of horses and and do what I was doing. Well, he, his horses did, didn't last long. He didn't know how to manage them. And uh, so he he hauled them. He hauled them a little while, and then he just finally sold them. Yeah. What about Jack Roddy? He was another one that was real well known back then. He was supposed to have been a heck of a bull rider. Our bulldogger from California. He was. He was tough. He and I were about the same size. We uh, we we'd meet a lot of places. It was, you know, just be which one of us drawed the best steer was the one that's going to win. Yep. Did you ever get to see the good horse, the great horse, Baby Doll? 
Yeah, rode him. I rode her. I rode her one once or twice. I I never got on her. I didn't win something. She she was a good good bulldog, you know. When I first started, when I first started, I rode Todd Watley's little horse Brownie. He was he was a good horse. And then Baby Doll come along and kind of when he wore out and took kind of took his runs and and then uh, uh, went from there to uh, when Baby Doll went out while Jimmy Smith bought a horse that we called old Colt and uh, he he is having trouble trouble with him so I. I took him one year. I was, I think it was a 65 first year of Oklahoma city finals. And, uh, I took him in, in the fall before that and, and, uh, worked him and I, I, I rode him at the finals that year and rode down at a lot of people. So after I, I, I made my deal to haul him after till Houston was over. So we we got a lot of people riding him, and I just turned him over to him, then. and uh, you're uh, hey Don, you made the NFR when yeah. it was in Los Angeles. What was it like yeah. when the NFR was out there in California? Well, them people down there was really unfriendly. So you couldn't, you know, a contestant, when they went there and lived in their hotels, eating in restaurants, visited with them during the day, they could tell what kind of people was there. And and I I certainly didn't like it. So there wasn't nobody liked it. And didn't make any money because they, they wouldn't, they, they never did. I don't think they ever filled the building up. So... They just changed it to Oklahoma City, and that's and and really that Oklahoma City didn't fill up for it was here about three years, and then it went to filling up. That was at uh, uh, the fairgrounds arena. So, finally, they finally moved it over to the bigger Coliseum. Stayed there till Las Vegas come and got them. Wonder why New York would but, just fill up with city people, Don, and and a place like Los Angeles wouldn't. Well, you know, I think that see when they started the finals, because a lot of us that was just rodeo and was scared to death of the finals because we didn't know what they was going to do with it. And so I, I got to talk to some of the directors. Todd Watley was one that sold me on it. He said, what we're trying to do is have finals at these bigger towns to get big rodeos started. He said, if, if we have a rodeo at Los Angeles or Dallas or wherever, then we can establish a, another rodeo and we can just move that on to someplace else. That's what their idea was, but it got to where 
it didn't make very it didn't make any money so they they just went with uh, Oklahoma City till it got to making money and then lost this other town wanted it. Yeah. Boy, howdy, I went out there this year to Las Vegas and you wouldn't believe how big that deal is, Jimbo. Well, I can imagine. I've been out there a few times, not during the rodeo, but I mean, not didn't go to the rodeo, but I was there during the rodeo and it was all cowboy hats and diesel trucks. And, you know, they took that town about firing a shot. Don, you always hear when a bunch of bulldoggers get together, fight always breaks out. Do you ever see any of those famous uh, bulldogger fights back in the day? No. Okay. I've, I've had a few myself, but I never, I never got to see them. <laughs> but they wasn't, they wasn't much to them. What about when uh, that that one out in the uh, where Slim Pickens got in a fight out there at the Cow Palace? Were you there at that one? No, I wasn't. That was before his time, I think. I tell you what, there's some good pictures from it. Oh, yeah. I don't know much about it, but I, I sure enjoy seeing those pictures. Yeah. Well, Todd Watley, he won the the world championship the same year as Ben Johnson. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 53, yeah. Jimbo. Yeah. In bull yeah. riding, I think. Oh, heck. Yeah. yeah I just yeah, he, 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 won, he won the world in bull riding and the world in bull, bull logging. Yeah. Get nothing out of you, can we? Well, you ever see anybody bulldog a buffalo or anything like that, Don? Well, I've I've seen a, a video of it. It was uh Dick Trutt bulldogging one out at uh Cheyenne. And uh the uh, bulldogging a buffalo is a little bit beyond my deal, you know, because they there's no Harry Charters couldn't throw one of them down. Did you get to know Dick Truett very well, Don? I I know him pretty well. I, he lived down here right. about 50, 45, 50 miles from here. And I, I got to visit with him quite a bit. He was quite a, a cow, old cowboy, wasn't he? Quite a character. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he, was, he was Everett Shaw's brother-in-law. Oh, okay. Dick was. I've heard a lot of Dick Tritt stories. He was sure enough an old one of the old time cowboys. Yeah. Bulldog and a buffalo. He's the one that you 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 could hook up to. Yeah. He wouldn't tell a lie if you had an arm twisted up over his head. Yeah. Huh. What a guy. Don, do you keep up with the Rodeo nowadays, you watch it on the Cowboy Channel or anything much? Yeah, I watch it all the time on the Cowboy Channel. But, you know, I don't know any of those guys that right. rodeos are anymore. I haven't been, really hadn't been rodeoing since 87. Right. And uh, so I, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't. I don't know a lot of the guys. I, I just know of them, the ones that come here. And uh, watched him grow up. We watched bull riding and and the bulldogging and every, about everything. It's a show this uh, 
that's on the on the cowboy channel. Yeah, I watch well, it I'm, all the time. I've noticed those yeah. bulldog cattle. They they just don't hardly have any horns anymore, do they? Uh, well, they they switch. They they don't buy those cattle, those bulldog cattle in in the in uh in in uh Mexico anymore. They have to raise them over here, and they don't raise. They grow them cattle out ahead of the horns. Yeah, yeah, they're not old enough to have the horns, are they? Uh, how, you, how you much take, Go ahead. You take those cattle you get out of old Mexico. By the time they get big enough to drive to the line to load up in a truck, they have to be three or four years old. Right. Right. How much harder would it be to bulldog those little shorthorn cattle? It looks like they have a lot of trouble with them. Well, the the horns amounts to a lot, and them cattle is uh, they're fat and and more flouncier than than them Coleranians were. Uh, you take a one of them little steers that's got short horns; they can slip a horn by you before you know it. If right. you're not really aware of it, yeah, I've I've been watching that at Denver, and boy, they're just a little six look like six inches long, you know, and and they slip a lot of horns on those yeah. good bulldoggers. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Oh yeah, years, it all has all the time. Man. I even bulldog for a while, Jimbo. Really, my bulldog quit biting. I turned into just Chihuahua, and after that, right, I right, give up the give up the bulldogging sport. <laughs> Hey, what's the longest back in your day? I think them old stock contractors, they bulldog them steers for quite some time. What's the longest you ever saw a stock contractor haul a set of steers around? Well, I won the bulldogging at Batten at uh, New Boston, Texas. And that's during the Los Angeles, during the rodeo there. But I won the bulldogging with a steer that had been there four years. Been there four times. My last steer was was that steer. He knew so, that better than you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they they just kept them as long as the the bulldogs had come and bulldog them. But we finally got contractors and and people that will buy steers and shape them up and and uh lease them out to them and and it got a lot better who's your favorite bulldogger going right now don since you you've been keeping up with them pretty good well uh i think the best guy that does it right is uh uh tyler is tyler wagon pack yeah he's good well, He's he's he does everything right, you know. He, the other guys, they just hit the ground and jerk them over their hip and lay down and hope they fall with them. But wagon pack, he stand up and bulldog them, shape them up and bulldog them. Wagon he's good pack. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's exciting, Jimbo. Don, if you were putting together a Mount Rushmore of bulldoggers. You need four names, to, and who would you put on that Mount Rushmore bulldoggers? 
They don't have to be guys you rodeoed with, or they don't even have to be world champions. Just who do you think belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Bulldoggers? I think uh, uh, Todd Watley, James Bynum, Harley May, and Harry Charters. That would be the four I'd put on. Pretty good list. What about Roy Duvall? Roy is is a good one. I heard. It's just in the, in the, it wasn't in their time area, but Roy Roy's a tough bulldog. Yeah, it's hard to just narrow it down to four. You know, it's just so many yeah. Oak, good ones. Oak Berry, oh. he, you could put Oak Berry on there if you wanted. Yeah, and Homer Pettigrew. I mean, you know, you, it's hard to leave leave some of those guys off, but you got to if you're just picking four names. I don't, know how, I don't know how they could even do it. He was pretty confident on his four names, though. I know. He and there great. are great four names. There's not much to argue that, with. That's great. No, I'm not going to argue with him. He was there, and he he saw him. Yeah. I got one for you. Well, you move move those people that y'all are thinking about back when I, the guys with Bulldogs, when I mentioned them, they couldn't even walk in the arena with them. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. So, yes, sir. You know, Homer Pettigrew wasn't a very big guy. Don, what made him so tough? I don't know if you ever saw him, but I'm sure you've yeah. heard a lot about him. I bull, I bull him against okay. him. Okay, okay, okay. He was, he was tough, and I'll tell you the reason he was tough. He he was from a poor family, and he had to he had to win to go. Yeah, and and he just buried down that much harder, and he 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 is the last of them. He he wouldn't he wouldn't just try him and turn him loose. He he'd throw him down. My grandfather hazed for him a lot, and uh, he said he could shape up cattle better than anybody he ever hazed for. Better than anybody I ever seen. And and you know you just you gotta you gotta bring him forward. He was he was champ he was champion back then. He was champion six times, I think. Right. And yeah, so he he was tough bulldog. You know, I always said I'd like to go back to – if you could go back in time to a rodeo, I'd love to go back to New York and watch uh, Homer Pettigrew Bulldog and Toots Mansfield rope calves and Casey Tibbs ride a bronc. Jim Shoulders ride a bull. Yeah. That'd be and Gene Autry Singh. Now, wouldn't that be something to go back and watch one of those rodeos? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, Jimbo. Well, hey, I'll Don. tell you what, them guys that you mentioned, they would be in the spotlight. Right. Yes, they would. Yep. Every time, every time they'd uh, go back there. Yeah, they sure would. You can't have that Mount Rushmore of Bulldoggers without bulldogging horses, and some of them horses are way more famous than most of the guys that rode them. What would be yeah, your Mount yeah. Rushmore of bulldogging horses? Four horses. I guess it could be. I'd, a I'd say Todd Watley. I'd say if Todd Watley's Brownie, uh, Willard Combs is Baby Doll, Jim Smith's. Colt, he, he called Colt, and uh, uh, Harley May had a horse. I don't, I don't remember his name, but they'd, they'd be the four I'd put there. What was that one that Jimmy Powers had for so long? Yellow, yellow dog. That was a, that was a yellow dog. He was a, he was good for certain things, but he, he wasn't like that. Them was they go like. To uh, Cheyenne or 
Tucson or some of them places that they, they had a, you know, it was just like running up on them out in the pasture and catch them. And, and a lot of them bulldogging horses, you can't do that on. They'd run over them or run, wouldn't get close enough for you to catch one. Of course, you know, they wasn't trained that way. The ones you're talking about is horses that just sit in that box and break and catch them out there about 30 foot out in front of the box. It was a different game back then. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt yeah. about it. And, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, just like asking me a, a question about the toughest bulldoggers, uh, it's hard to say about a tough set of bulldoggers because it, the bulldogging changed up so much. It's quick every year. And uh, just like me, I just lasted so many years being tough, and then I got to being weaker where the rest of them come along. And the way, that's the way the rest of them, they, they was here for so many years, and then they was gone. You know, his uh... – his granddaughter had a bulldogging team for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she still does or not. Following it, she was the hazer, <laughs> getting that twenty five percent. Wow, ain't that something? Lacey, she 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 hauled a team there for a year or two, and she's a good hazer. She learned to haze right down here, and of course she had good instructions because every time she missed hazing one, she got straightened out on, <laughs> and. Uh, She's she really tried to be a certain place, the right place at a certain time. When is your bulldog and jackpot, Don? Going to be this year. When is y'all's bulldog and jackpot going to be this year? It's Memorial Weekend. It's the May. Sat May. Saturday. Uh, May. 26th. It's in May. Last weekend. Last weekend of May. Well, if everyone wants to get down there and check it out, that's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. going to be a good one. 50 years. 50 years. Can you imagine that? Doing anything for 50 years. I mean, that, that takes a lot of staying power. I, I ain't even lived 50 years yet, Jimbo. I'll be lucky to, probably. Uh, yeah. Well, Don. Well, I've lived that and, and passed it a little ways. Yes, sir. <laughs> what are you guys doing down there now in southeast Oklahoma? Well, we we we're training some steer uh, horses and breaking some horses, and uh, it's pretty slow right now. Sounds like Gala's keeping you in line there. Totally. <laughs> well, we sure appreciate you coming on today, taking time out of your day to talk to us about some of these old rodeos and old rodeo yeah. stories. Yeah, just anytime you need to. Need one will holler at me. Tell me what about, and I'll tell you one about it. You got it. Just give us a call. And we'll 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 talk to you any day of the week. This has been a good good episode. We haven't done too many bulldoggers, if any. No, Alan Keller is the only other one. I think. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and Don, one of the truly great ones. You know, all through the '60s. You know, just one of the very top bulldoggers, and we were just really tickled to get to talk to him and talk about the old the old bulldogging. Not too many guys we can talk to can tell us about Dallas, Los Angeles, Oklahoma City. 
and then stay current on everything else. Yeah, it still watches the young guys, you know. And 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 uh, New York. Yes, sir. See, Especially New York. I, I was at the last rodeo that they had at New York in the old building. And then, of course, when, when the last time I was there, they announced they wouldn't that they're shutting that rodeo down. And they built another building out there, and they went to having some amateur rodeos out there. But I've never been back. What year was that they had the last rodeo done? Do 1959. 1959. I, I remember every day of them 38 that I was there. I hated it worse than anything. But it was a good rodeo to go to to make money. You know, the only time I miss roping now, Jimbo, is when Cheyenne rolls around. Really? Oh, yeah. I think about it during the binge also. Oh, yeah. That's that's a gimme. That's a gimme. Yeah. You, you have to like Cheyenne and Salinas and Tucson. And those rodeos have been going so long, and they just kind of had to happen, you know, you know. We love them. That's for sure. Yep. Well, well Don, we'll be seeing you soon. If okay. I get down that way, we'll come see you. If you get up this way, Do come that. see us. Okay. okay. Hey, thanks. Right. Thank you. We got the technical difficulties fixed again. Yeah. Gosh dang. We got to get Gala hired to come to work for us up here. Yeah. She's overcame a lot of obstacles. Right. All right, everybody. Till next week. This has been old Cody and Jimbo. See y'all later. Okay. Thanks. Old stories like long lost friends, rodeos and late night bends, history before our time, round pens and pasture rides. Cowboys of the Osage